do a show, shall we? 202, a very good Sunday morning to you, New York City. It's Mike Flegelman with you. Fleegs on the fan for the next four hours until 6 a.m. when you'll get the CBS Sports Radio Network. Heading into a very busy day of football here. Week 10 in the NFL, the Giants returning to action. 877-337-6666. That's the number to call, of course. You can also text it to get in touch with the show. Or you can tweet at me at M Fliegelman. It's M F L I E G E L M A N. We've got the great Sus Susumu Araki. He's on the other side of the glass. Jack Stern has the updates at the top of every hour, as you just heard. And again, we're with you for the next four hours, talking plenty of football, baseball offseason. Can do the Knicks and the Nets as well. But like I just said, Week Ten marks the return to action for the New York Giants after their bye week. The Giants hosting the Houston Texans. Later on today, and these next two games for the Giants, these next two weeks against the Texans and against the Lions, two, let's just put it plain and simple, horrendous football teams. Maybe the Lions have a little something going on offense when they have their players healthy, if DeAndre Swift is healthy, if Amon Ross St. Brown is healthy. But the Houston Texans, who the Giants will face in just under 11 hours, they're a horrible football team. The worst team in the league have the worst record in the league, one six and one, and this is a game where the Giants need to take care of business. The Giants have an important test ahead of them the not next two weeks, not in the challenge of who they face from these opponents, because again, and who would have guessed we'd be saying this coming into the year? These were the games on the schedule where you said for the Giants, okay, they have a good chance to win that one. Those are winnable games. Now they're games that the Giants cannot lose. The Giants at six and two are off to a start that nobody saw coming, even the most optimistic Giants fan, even the most ardent Daniel Jones defender. Nobody saw this start coming. You give all the credit in the world to the Giants for getting to this point of 6-2. and two. They have who is, in my eyes, the coach of the year and Brian Dayball leading the way. These next two games for the Giants, getting to 8-2, and two, that means winning both of these games. No room for error, no margin for error, because if the goal is making the postseason, and that's what it is now, it's 6-2, and two, the Giants still could do that if they lost one of these next two games. But if the Giants get to 8-2, and two, and they go into that Thanksgiving matchup against Dallas at 8-2 and two in the NFC, with what this NFC picture looks like, it's almost impossible to see the Giants not making the postseason. That's what lies ahead for Big Blue in the next two weeks. And again, at the beginning of the season, nobody could have seen this coming. That the Giants are simply in a position where if they handle their business in the middle of November, even with their schedule getting a little bit tougher in the last third of the season, with the NFC playoff picture and the wild card picture, because listen, let's be honest, I know maybe some Giants fans want to dream big. That's great. It's just a fantasy. The Giants are not winning the division. There are two teams in the NFC East that are better than the Giants. And that's okay. The Eagles, still undefeated, are better than the Giants. And the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, they're a better team than the New York Giants. And I think with three games on the schedule against those two teams, one against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving and two still to play against the Philadelphia Eagles, those teams are going to show you that they're better than the Giants. The same way that when the Giants went to Seattle right before the bye week, 
the Seahawks showed you they're better than the Giants. And the Giants aren't quite on that level just yet. But that doesn't matter. The Giants have already pretty much set their story for 2022. And leading into what they're going to look like in 2023. Whether or not you're sold on Daniel Jones, and I'm not. I still don't see enough there for me to think this is a franchise QB. I see what I've always seen in Daniel Jones. An average quarterback who you can win games with, but is not going to take you to the promised land unless everything else around him is close to perfect. And the rest of this Giants team is far from perfect. Daniel Jones has a limited ceiling. But Daniel Jones, like he's showing right now, can get you into the postseason. And that's where the Giants are. This is a team that should make the postseason. And then you see what happens from there. Maybe they win a game. Maybe they can win two. Because, again, the NFC, how many teams do you really feel confident in? I would say three. Part of the problem for the Giants is two of those teams are in their division, in the Eagles and the Cowboys. And we'll get into more of the team that I love in the NFC a little bit later on in the show. But the Giants, because they've played so well this early in the season, have kind of locked themselves in to Daniel Jones being the quarterback in 2023. If you watch college football all day, every Saturday, like I try to do during this time of year, you'll get a sense of, one, who are the quarterbacks coming out for the draft, and two, maybe more importantly, which of those quarterbacks you actually like and think their game can translate to the NFL. For me this year in this class, there's only one guy that I feel confident about at the next level. It's Bryce Young from Alabama, who pulled another game out of his hat on Saturday visiting Ole Miss. Now, the Crimson Tide aren't the normal Crimson Tide this year, but Bryce Young is an electric quarterback prospect. The Giants have been out of the running for him for at least a month now. Once they won that third or fourth game, that was it. No Bryce Young. Could the Giants take a developmental guy later in the first round, probably in the late teens, early 20s, more likely early 20s where they're picking? Sure. Could Brian Dable and Joe Shane say, listen, this year was fun. We're still building this team more the way we want to see it in the future? Maybe. But again, then you're talking about an extreme lottery ticket with a quarterback. I think Daniel Jones and the Giants have played themselves into Daniel Jones back next year on a bridge deal. I think it's very likely or very possible that we look back in two or three years and say, well, the Giants made their road to a Super Bowl contender a lot longer by winning so many games in 2022. Because their coach is so good at what he does and has this team ready to play and has had them in position to beat a bunch of teams that they face that have made mistakes around them where the Giants don't really make that many mistakes that'll cost you a football game. Yeah, I think they have extended their road and their path to being a viable Super Bowl contender. That's already done. So now, make the most of this year that you can. Get into the postseason, secure that spot, and that begins later on today against the Houston Texans. 
beat the Texans and get to seven and two. Beat the Detroit Lions, another game that's at home, and get to eight and two. Then you go to Dallas on Thanksgiving Day. And you know what? It almost doesn't really matter if the Giants get clobbered in that game. And I think there's a good chance that they would get clobbered in that game. Dallas is a legitimate contender. The Giants are not. Schedule after that with two games against Washington, two against Philly, one at Minnesota, which is a tough game, and a home game against Indianapolis, which should be a win for the Giants. I mean, worst case scenario, if the Giants take care of business in the next two. I mean, worst case scenario is technically nine wins because they're going to beat the Colts. I'm going to give them one win against the Commanders. I can't see them losing both games to that team. I can see them beating the Commanders twice. Can't see them losing to the Commanders twice. So the realistic worst case scenario for the Giants, if they beat the Texans and they beat the Lions, is 10 wins. That's getting you into the playoffs in the NFC. And then you see what happens. Wild card round, facing one of the division winners. Five seeds probably going to be the Cowboys. Taking on the worst division winner, which right now looks like it'll be the Buccaneers. And the Giants then, if they're that sixth seed or that seventh seed traveling to, maybe it's Seattle, maybe it's San Fran, maybe it's Minnesota. In any three of those games, I think the Giants would lose and lose pretty convincingly like you saw against the Seattle Seahawks two weeks ago. And before anybody tells me, oh, well, you know, you got to be nicer to the Giants in that game because of the two Richie James fumbles, you know, that otherwise the Seahawks might not have scored so many points. That's true. I'll give you that. If not for the Seahawks fumbling the ball on their own two-yard line, the Giants probably don't score a touchdown in that game. The Giants' offense was exposed against Seattle. Daniel Jones was Daniel Jones, an average at-best quarterback in the NFL. The Seahawks contained the Giants' running game, and if you do that, the Giants have no offense. That's what the Giants are. They're an okay football team. Their best strength is that they don't fall apart the way so many teams in the NFL do. Look at everything the Titans did to try and lose to the Giants in week one. And eventually, yeah, the Giants took advantage of the opportunity and said, okay, if you're going to give us this game, we're going to take it. The Packers falling apart against the Giants in London. The Ravens doing the same thing against the Giants the week after that. The What the Giants do best is that they don't hurt themselves. That killer mistake hasn't been there for the Giants this year. Whether it's the quarterback or it's somebody else. And yeah, again, I'm not putting Richie James into that category against the Seahawks because even without that, Giants are still losing that game. The Giants only had a brief glimmer of looking competent on offense because of a Seahawks mistake. The Giants are a middle-of-the-road team, at best, that is extremely well-coached. I mean, extremely well-coached in the top 10 of the league in what their coach does. Well-coached and not mistake-prone. And in this league, with the parity in the league, 
and the horrible head coaches spread throughout the league and bad coordinators who make bad decisions week after week, just by not having that, you give yourselves a chance. And that's what's going to have the Giants in the postseason. Those factors coupled with a relatively easy schedule, although parts of it have ended up looking maybe a little bit tougher than we initially thought. The Seattle game became a lot tougher than we thought before the season. And you could reverse that. The Colts game, which looked tough before the season, now looks like a cakewalk. And more on the Colts later. And yet, in the fact that, yeah, in the NFC, there aren't a lot of good teams. All of that's going to put the Giants in the postseason in 2022, assuming they take care of business against the Texans and the Lions. And I think they will. I think they will if for no other reason than I trust this head coach. Eight games into his NFL career as a head coach, and I see everything I need to see from Brian Dable. I know everything I need to know about Brian Dable. To me, the most impressive thing a coach can do, maybe not the most important, but the most impressive thing a coach can do is more with less. And Brian Dayball this year is doing more with less. Brian Dayball is winning games with a roster that nobody would have wanted before the season. The architect of this roster was left out of the league. Dave Gettleman, I mean, he never should have had the Giants job to begin with, but his career of working in football is over. That's who put this team together. Joe Shane had an opportunity to put a couple of players on this roster. He hasn't had the chance to build the team that he wants yet. Brian Dayball hasn't had the ability to work with the GM and have influence on the kind of team that he wants. Those days are still to come. Now, the Giants are going to do that at least next year without premium draft position. Still with a not great salary cap position. It'll be better than last offseason, but they're not done digging out of the Dave Gettleman mess. Kenny Galladay, who's going to return to the field on Sunday, and maybe the guy actually tries for the first time in a year and a half, and he's able to give something to Daniel Jones, his quarterback, his coach, the rest of his teammates. Maybe we'll see. I believe it when I see it because Kenny Galladay hasn't exactly been putting his best foot forward since he signed his big money deal with the Giants in March of 2021. But the Giants aren't out of that contract disaster yet. They're still not out of the salary cap hell that Dave Gettleman put them in. But what Brian Dayball has shown you that he can do is coach just about anybody that comes into his locker room. Kadarius Toney being the only exception. And because Dayball has been so successful with everybody else, I'm going to give him a pass on Tony and say, you know what, if this guy says, if this coach says I can't work with this player, then I'm believing the coach. Brian Dayball has been as impressive as a head coach could possibly be to start his New York Giants tenure. And yeah, Giants fans, you should enjoy this season. Enjoy a likely trip to the postseason. And if the Giants are able to pull off what will be a big upset in the wild card round, whoever they're facing, 
enjoy that too. Because I think, unfortunately, despite what this coach has done this year and the fact that he'll get as much as he possibly can out of the roster the next few years, I'm still seeing mostly smoke and mirrors with how the Giants are built. This is still a bad roster that is not going to be good for a few years. And by winning so many games this year, the Giants have delayed their path to an actual competitive roster in the NFL. They've locked themselves into a few more years, at least one of Daniel Jones, who has a limited ceiling. They probably locked themselves into, at the very least, franchising Saquon Barkley, if not extending him. And if you know one thing about the NFL, just one thing, Teams that give big extensions to running backs don't do anything. This has been a magical year for the Giants so far. And you should enjoy it because winning in the NFL is hard to do. And for a lot of organizations, it's rare. And it's been rare for the Giants in the last decade. Not for most of their history, but in the last 10 years, sure. Outside of 2016. But the more games the Giants win in 2022, the more business that they handle against these bad teams, like they're going to do against Houston on Sunday, like they're going to do against Detroit next week, like they're going to do against Indianapolis when they play them at the end of the season, like they'll probably do against the Washington Commanders at least once. The more games they win this year, the further away they're going to get from Super Bowl contention. That's the reality of the NFL. It's a weird league. But you need some premium players to compete in this league. You can do a lot with a little, like they're doing this year. You can do a lot with draft picks in the middle of the first round, middle of the second round. But at some point, you need those premium players. Every team has those couple of blue chip Hall of Fame type players, pro ballers, all pro guys. The Giants don't have that. If they have one, he plays one of the most devalued positions in the league. That's Saquon Barkley. They have some good players. Dexter Lawrence has really blossomed this year into a really good player. Andrew Thomas is one of those great players. He's also the fourth overall pick in the draft. That's how you got him, by picking in the top 10 of the draft. Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau, maybe they can be those guys. And I know despite the slow start to this year, he's banged up. I think Evan Neal still has a very good chance of being one of those guys. Where'd you get them? Top 10 of the draft. The Giants are having a fun year. The Giants are having a magical year. But the more games they win in 2022, the longer it's going to take them to get back to the promised land, where the New York Giants actually want to be. Where the Eli Manning, 
number one overall pick in the draft, teams once were holding up the Lombardi Trophy. And as the Giants inch closer and closer to a playoff berth this season, they get further away from a Super Bowl. 877-337-6666. More on the Giants throughout the rest of the show. The Jets in a rare bye week where Jets fans are actually going to sit there on Sunday and for the first time in probably over a decade, wish the Jets were playing on their bye week. That's something that has not happened with the Jets fans for a very long time. We'll get into the Yankees and the Mets' free agency is officially underway. Teams haven't done anything yet. There was one contract signed on Saturday. We'll get into all of that, what the Yankees and Mets have to do, including whether or not they should retain Aaron Judge, Jacob deGrom, how far out you go to keep those players, what you can do if they leave, or what the Mets and Yankees can do on top of keeping their best players. All of that, but we start with your calls on the Giants coming up next, 877-337-6666. It's Fleegs on the Fan. We'll be right back.